Got you there, Peter. Yes, you did indeed. Sure. <laughs> how are you today? Sure, how are you this morning? This oh, evening? Surviving the heat, like. Yes, I think precisely. I haven't You've suffered this much. You've probably trying to hammer a, a gate together, which hasn't been very successful, so I'm grateful for your rescuing me. You're incredibly <laughs> brave to be doing that in this heat, Peter. <laughs> for madness, complete madness. <laughs> what are we so, going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about the Pope being forced probably to climb down a, at least a notch as regards blessing same-sex relationships. Mm. And what, what's the kind of history of Well, see, this, this is a very interesting story. Just before Christmas, the dicastery, which is the papal office that issues doctrinal statements announced that the Pope was going to permit priests to make to bless same-sex relationships, although this could not be a liturgical ceremony, uh, and it didn't imply that the Pope accepted same-sex relationships, just that you were allowed to bless them. Can you follow that logic? So for the listeners at home that maybe don't know what liturgical is, what what, yeah, what is sorry, that to explain that. <laughs> So in the way the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church operate, um, the way in which you define what's permitted is you, you script a church service with all the words put down in writing. And they very precisely define, for example, um, what happens in marriage or what you're saying happens when people are forgiven their sins or if they go to the sacrament of, um, of repentance and confession, what the forgiveness entails. Mm-hmm. So the, the church is a scripted church. The church is very bound up in words, getting words right. So when they said that these blessings were not to be liturgical blessings, they were meaning that nobody was going to write a ceremony of this Mm. and nobody was going to have... You could look up a certain page in in the book to see what you could say for a same-sex couple. But you could still do it. Right. Now, the only trouble was that there was a huge furore of backlash from especially Africa. Mm. Um, That it was from Africa will not surprise us. Right. Because essentially the African church, very similar to Islam, which the the two sit alongside each other in lots of parts of Africa, they're very, very traditional in their outlook. Mm. And they've got no time for this soft Western approach, which accepts outrageously irregular things such as same-sex relationships. Do you... So, uh, they said they wouldn't permit any of their priests to do it, even though the Pope's office, the Vatican, had said it was okay. Mm, Right. So, there was some hastily 
backpedaling over Christmas. And they came up with an astonishing formula that said, yes, you could do it, but it could only last for a few seconds. What? No, only last for a few seconds, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the blessing right, right. could be 45 seconds long, but right, no longer. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's a curious way to define um, how much blessing you can have, but you can have <laughs> that, that much blessing, which is a lot shorter than a marriage service, I might say. Yes, yes. And yeah. I guess that was what they were trying to say, that this wouldn't look like a liturgical service at all. It was just that two people would come and the the priest will put his hands over them and say, I bless this relationship. Because that's about all you've got time to say in 45 seconds. Mm, mm. And, um, you know, I, was, I, I found that very interesting because initially I thought, well, it's intriguing because the Anglican and Presbyterian churches have just about torn themselves apart over these issues. And they effectively have had to create splits in their churches between those who will and those who won't bless mm. same-sex relationships. Mm. And uh, then I thought initially, well, you just come along with a pope, and here you've got the perfect answer because um, the pope's word is the final word, and nobody can say anything. And so it's a much simpler way of settling matters. Maybe if only Protestants hadn't had a reformation, they could have had this whole thing sorted out a lot faster. But I proved to be wrong, because uh, if then the, the church has to make peace by limiting the number of seconds the blessing can last for, that suggests that this is just as controversial, and the Catholic Church is just as divided as um, uh, Protestant churches, and maybe more divided because it's so much bigger a global enterprise, you know, and you risk breaking the, the seamless fabric of the Catholic Church and its billion followers. That is incredible. So when, what do you make of that? I think there's a lot to break down on that. It feels like the initial approach um, caught more people offside and then they backtracked. Like it feels like there's lots of technicalities in there to try and keep. Um, I don't know, to try and unify people underneath that Catholic label and not cause rifts among those that are Catholic? Do you, do you feel that is possibly what's trying to happen? Yes, I mean, I, but what I think is that in a way this does define the difference between um, the Western world and the non-Western world these days, mm. that in the Western world, varieties of forms of sexuality are now accepted as a matter of cause, whereas, I mean, it's been very interesting watching the way that Russia under Putin has become you know, fiercely opposed to gay, gay relationships. And in China, where there was previously a certain amount of tolerance, a lot of that has been backtracked by President Xi in recent, in recent years. So I wonder whether it is a kind of defining issue. Within but it's a bit scary if that's a defining issue because the churches have fought over so many things over the years mm, and mm. most of them have been a bit more central to the faith than this. Do you think? And you'd think that there would be room to just accept variation. 
Do you think that these rifts become far more apparent among the church now that, um, for example, you can have contact over the phone with a priest in Ghana when you're living in Europe? Like these these kind of uh, rifts probably existed many many years ago, but maybe information travelled slower. Or do, how do you see the role of kind of the uh, internet? No, I, in that? I think you're onto it there yeah. because it's very clear that, for example, the opposition in Anglicanism um, in Britain came from a couple of was led by a couple of African bishops mm. who had been made bishops in England, but were themselves um, quite clearly African. And they represented that more conservative line. And I think it's really true that there is a much greater mixture of people around. And the mixtures have the effect of meaning that a single ethos no longer is quite so clear in any churches. Yes, I think that's probably true. And say if you look in in New Zealand, um, where you can see that Pacifica peoples and sometimes Asian peoples are a lot more conservative on issues than in fact their Palangi or Pakiha brothers and sisters. And so they they tend to represent the conservative side uh, in the debates that are going on in the churches. So I don't think it's going to get any easier. And you could argue this, that in fact, Western birth rates are, are so low today that the future of the churches does lie in the um, African, Pacifica, not so much Asian, where the birth rate is dropping very fast as well, that these these gradually become the dominant players in the churches who tend to represent the more conservative elements in society anyway. Right, and is that how you see this kind of settling o- over time, that the more, I guess, progressive sect of the Catholic Church will actually hold a far smaller um, proportion of uh, the larger Catholic it, population. It's very hard to say because I mean, so much depends upon um, what sort of Pope succeeds Francis. See, in a way, Francis has worked very cleverly and deftly to gradually increase the number of non-European um, cardinals who will elect the new pope. Mm. And so they're inevitably drawn from other parts of the world. But, of course, that may lead to a greater conservatism. Potentially, the next pope will be an African and will be very conservative on matters on which Francis was liberal. Right. And how does the uh, following pope get uh, selected? What's the kind of process? And when do you suspect this will happen? Does it happen upon Francis's death or is there a kind of term or how does it all work for those um, unaware? Well, yeah, in theory, of course, um, popes can only, they can't contradict their predecessors. So they would always find words to, to find their way around it. But of course, on the, on the matter of same-sex relationships, it's not a formal statement of doctrine anyway. By definition, they said that wasn't that. Mm-hmm. And so it would be easy to backtrack on. Right. Um, so I think it varies quite a lot on the issues. On some matters, Francis, I think, has moved the church on significantly. Mm. But, but on other areas like this, um, he keeps doing these kind of wacky things like ringing up a transgendered woman and, and sympathising with her uh, 
you know, and the world is startled at this quite uh, freewheeling approach that the papacy has used. Yeah. But um, that freewheeling can only go so far. I mean, it doesn't actually change any formal doctrine of the church. Right, right. A, a listener's texted in saying, su- suggesting that possibly um, the non-Western nations are possibly wanting to differentiate themselves from Western decadence and notes that it's a shame that sexual preference is being kind of almost used as a political football to achieve that. Well, it is a political football. Mm. <laughs> it just is. Um, that's, that's the way it's, it's worked out to be. I mean, previous to this, it was the role of women, and mm. you might know the Catholic Church took quite a long way to go on changing the role of women. Mm. So things proceed very, very slowly mm. when you're a universal church. You can make decisions very, very little step by step. The one thing that actually could be done very quickly and easily is they could permit priests that are male, and priests would still be male, to marry. Actually, that isn't against traditional church doctrine. It's only against traditional church practice. Right. But... That one, which would be a, a big step, and there'd be no coming back on it because oodles of priests would almost immediately get married and then you couldn't force them back into celibacy afterwards, could mm, you? Mm, yes. So there are some areas where the church has a bit of wiggle room and there are others where it's got to somehow create the wiggle room and that's what we're watching at the moment and it proves not to be very easy. And just because we're running short on time, when... Do you uh, expect these kind of uh, maybe decisions or um, uh, landmarks to be made uh, across this year in in that regard? Um, Like commitments, I guess. uh, I think it's an enormous, enormous slow process Mm. that lies ahead of us. Right. I don't think that anybody could put years on this because it, it, it depends on key players. Very, very hard to say, because one key player among African bishops can sway a conservative majority relatively quickly. Yeah. Right. Th- thank you very much, Peter. That's probably all we have time for today. Yeah, that's today. right. That's fine. The um, issue will keep going on. Yes. Get, are you going to get back to that gate now? Um, uh, yes, I think I'll get back and see what I can make the gate. Stay make. cool. <laughs> Stay hydrated and... Um, Good luck. Good luck on the hinges. All right. See you, Peter. Have a good rest of your day. Good. See you. Bye. Bye.